Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Stephen. Joining me as always, I've got Calvin. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Good evening, Steve-o. Top notch for a Tuesday night. Top notch. How's things for you? I am top tier, mate. And James joins us again. Two shows in a row, mate. One more and you keep the match ball. Oh, I'm hoping to keep that match ball. No, boys, thank you so much for having me back. It was great to be on last time and uh, looking forward to getting into this Watford game today. Like we said, Steve, he, he had a really strong start, didn't he, on that first podcast? Uh, came up with, with his the facts. Silky voice. With his silky, silky voice and the facts. So we had and to bring it back. You know you what, though, the- boys? Sorry, you know what, boys? I am a little bit worried, though, because, you know, if we put this into an Arsenal context, we've had so many players over the years where you think their debut was <laughs> top notch and then it's uh, turned out to be not quite what we hoped, you know. So I'm hoping I don't Andre Santos this, but. That's really Did harsh we... yourself, Andre Santos. Come on. A bit harsh and Andre Santos, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he was better. Uh, no. Was he was he that good? I can't remember. I remember he scored that Greg all against Chelsea. That was in that crazy game, yeah. Yeah. That was about that's the only highlights, I think. That's his highlight for real last night. He was he was terrible. Anyway, we're, we're about as always, we're gonna heading down a rabbit hole straight away. Um before we get into Watford though, I just wanted to uh, shout out, give a shout out to all our listeners and say a big thank you uh to everyone who's been listening to the podcast recently. Uh we do we do follow the numbers religiously. Um it's a conversation me and Calvin have regularly, and um yeah, we just want to say thank you to all the, the, the old listeners, new listeners. Whether this is your first time listening to the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate it. Had some really nice yeah. messages recently, and it, it goes a long way. And uh, yeah, it means a lot. And also, I don't know if you've, you've checked out as well. We have got a second podcast. Well, it's still the same podcast, but it's uh, a new show we're doing, a pre-match point show. So check that out. That will be out on Thursday as well. No, I'll second that, Steve. Good, good man. Yeah, we do really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, anybody listens and interacts with this, yeah, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 dive into um, Watford. I keep I keep I keep going to say Wolves. I'm like Wolves is done, Steve. Let's get into Watford. We'll get we'll get into the lineup before we get into the game. Obviously, the notable absentees: Tommy Yasu and Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, apart from that, you know the, the the eleven that he went for, pretty standard. No surprises. James, I come to you first. I guess the only surprise was uh, Emil Smith Rowe not being there. I mean, we were quite convinced with the podcast earlier on last week that his COVID issues were sorted, but obviously what do we know? He was still out of the squad. So, um, you know, hopefully he makes a recovery sooner rather than later. will give us more options, you know, both for the starting 11 and coming off the bench. But no, other than that, it was pretty much what would have been expected. And, you know, it was certainly a strong lineup. Yeah. You sort of look at the lineup and feel like if we're going to win today, starting 11 has got to get the job done. Because there's not really much on the bench. Um, you could you could argue maybe Pepe, but you know if we're going to get the job done, it's on you guys, right? Um, Calvin, you, you you watched the second half. Um, I'm sure you were still following it um, as we all do. Absolutely. Um, how did you feel before the game? Yeah, I think it was uh, one of the games you go into felt pretty confident. You know they've had a really poor run of form. Uh, yeah, they've you know got Roy Hodgson in and he's shored things up a little bit at the back, but. You know, you look back at, you know, they barely won any games in the last 14. I think they've won one game in 14 or something ridiculous like that. Um, so, yeah, I felt confident we're playing pretty well. I mean, our fear is always, you know, goal scoring. 
Um, but, you know, back to the starting lineup, I think the Emil Smith row was a little bit of a surprise when I went to check that uh, and not even see him in the squad. But, you know, like, you know, like James just said, and we've said it a few times before, what, you know, what do we know? Uh, we're just a, a group of lads just chatting shite about the Arsenal. Um, but also, you know, looking back at it with hindsight, it's, it's kind of nice that, you know, we've come through that without him. And it's nice that, you know, some of the, you know, the after effects of COVID affect people in different ways. And, you know, the fact we didn't have to rush him back and we could give him another week's rest to recover and fully recover um, from, from his condition, then, you know, it's it's a plus, isn't it? You know, when you come out of it with three points, three goals. Um, yeah, it, you know, if, I, th- I think he'll be back in the squad um, for, for the next game, all, all things being well, of course. We hope so. I mean, we've got three games mm. in six days, so... Um, I mean, listen, we got we got the job done without him, so mm. you'd like to think that he'll he'll be back for at least Liverpool because there is going to be some rotation needed for the uh, three games in six days. Yeah, it's well, it's a massive it's a massive week, isn't it? Sorry, Calvin, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say because obviously Tommy Arsenal's still out, and is there be you know have you guys heard any? Obviously, we talked about it in the pre-match. You know, it was the other calf which he's having some strange, some effects right? with. Is there been any? Has anyone heard any update from nothing when he's going to be back? Because look, Cedric's doing all right, um, but he's he's not half as good as Tommy Arsu is defensively. And you know, with the run of games that we do have coming up, concerns me a little bit to say the least. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but like defensively, we we weren't at the races on Sunday. Mm. Um, mm. We'll get into the games. The first half, we were speaking before the pod, we conceded after 20 seconds. Um, not not the greatest of starts, and like I said, the, the flag did go up straight away. But then the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Well, they're going to check it, obviously." But to be fair, it was quite quick actually, and, and the game resumed. Um, I thought I thought we sort of you know it didn't really it didn't really affect us at all. I thought we were quite good in those early stages. We got the early goal, really good goal as well. Um, really nice goal from from Odegaard. We spoke about it before. I think it was after. I think it was against Brentford. Um, we, we were saying like all, all all he really needs is to kind of you know get to that next level in terms of in, in terms of scoring goals and, and, and shooting hasn't been great. Um, so that was that was really good. And I felt like we were quite comfortable. And it, we, you know we we were a little more likely that we'd score second. And it, it felt like it was completely against a runner play. When you're behind the goal, you can't see the game as well. You just can't like um, it's a bit different to, as, as opposed to being at the Emirates where you're in the upper tier. You can you get such a good view of the game, so it, it's it's a bit difficult to see, kind of see what's going on there. And um, James, you you watched the first half. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on uh, the first forty-five? Well, obviously with that goal going in so early, which you know thankfully was given offside. You know, sometimes it actually does help. I think you know it did kind of say to this Arsenal team, look, Watford aren't here to make up the numbers. They are here to put a game on and they are here to try and get three points from this because, you know, they're in a tricky situation down the bottom of the league. So you never know, that might actually have helped us. But no, you know, that first goal, you know, it was really quite special. I mean, each of the three goals really were quite special. But for me, it was just the original Erdegaard touch that just makes the goal. You know, it creates the space. It took the two Watford defenders out the game completely. And then the interchange then between Saka and Erdegaard after that really was fantastic. And, you know, the chemistry that these boys have, it's really, really exciting. And as soon as Erdegaard went into the box, you know, 
he was so clinical and if he can continue to add goal scoring to his game, this boy really is going to be unstoppable. There was times where he really was quite Sesk-like, I think. And, you know, if we can have another Sesk Fabregas on our hands, I think we've uh, uncovered a, another gem. It's a great bit of business, isn't it? 30, 30 million? Was it 30 or 35? I think it was 30, wasn't it? 30, 35, around, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's incredible, really. Yeah, he, he, he was fantastic. Um, and I think, you know, there, there, there was that spell, what we when Watford equalised. I mean, it, to be fair, it was a good goal. Um, I thought he took it really well, didn't he? And um, and then we we got the we got the all the right time, didn't we? Going into half time, I think if you're going at one all, it's a completely different game. Um, you mentioned it pre podcast, like how animated Arteta was, and he wasn't particularly happy at all. Um, and he, you know he came out even after the game and was very critical of, of the team, and I, I think rightly so. I think defensively we weren't great. I mean, going forward, I thought we were very good, but to be honest, you know the, the scoreline maybe flattered Watford. I think we, yeah, to be honest, we should have put the bed the, the game to bed. Um, way earlier than we did. It could have been maybe four or five one by the time Watford uh, got their second goal. Calvin, you watched the second half, and you've you've watched the extended highlights. So uh, to, you know, committed committed to the podcast cause, right? Committed so, to the know, cause, mate. What, what, to... you, what were your thoughts on the match, mate? Well, I mean, obviously, the first half, you know, I've only seen, you know, like you said, extended clips here and there, and you know, like you said, we've got away with one at the start, which is fine. And I think, yeah, you, you boys are absolutely spot on. It's a case of you know, as much as you always prepare for a game, sometimes you do need that extra slap in the face uh, just just to gather your thoughts and actually say, hang on a minute, you know, we're, we're in a game here because we're coming into that time of the season now where, you know, look, all games in the Premier League are really tricky. Um, but those, you know, teams that you look at down in the bottom who are scrapping for their lives, those game become, games become a little bit more difficult, right? Because there's more context behind it. Um, so, yeah, it, probably would have woken us up. I'm obviously just going to have to go and say that, you know, that's what you boys saw. And look, to go and score the goal that we did, you know, pretty much within minutes after that um, was a credit to the team to, to, you know, to pick themselves back up after a minor uh, setback at the beginning. And, you know, the, the goal was superb. And, you know, we spoke about Odegaard a lot, I guess, through this season on the podcast. He's been a little bit frustrating at the start. Um, you know, he's, you know, even I was getting frustrated with him and, you know, he's even dropped down to the bench, you know, I think before Christmas at times. And I think since the turn of the year, the guy's just, you know, I say it every week, he just glides around the pitch. And I think as much as you guys say, he's got that Sesk, you know, you know he's got this Sesk attributes. It's kind of like Sesk and Ozil kind of blended into one. Um, you know, his, his movement and his touch and just the way he, it reminds me, funnily enough, more of Ozil, just his body movements and that uh, than Fabregas. But I mean, what a great prospect that is, right? If you can put those two in a blender and, you know, out comes Odegaard on the other side. I mean, that's not not a bad result. And you talk about, the, you know, the price that we pay for him is, you know, with hindsight, as we love to talk about, it's, it's a phenomenal piece of business. When you look at what the other potential, you know, signing was, you know, you're looking at spending 70 to 80 million on James Madison. Um, so when you look at that, I mean, that's it's eye-watering prices and I think we definitely got the better player. But, you know, the yeah. little touch uh, with the heel, I mean, it's absolute sauce, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. Um, and the finish as well, I think, might not necessarily been emphatic as in, you know, he's absolutely rifled one in. It's, you know, he's had to take the touch on, on a full sprint. The ball's a little bit ahead of him and then, you know, he's kind of dug that shot out as well. That's not easy to do at pace. Um, and to have the control he did to get it just, you know, wasn't right in the corner, but it was far enough past Ben Foster. 
you know, it is a fantastic goal. Um, I mean, look, I'll probably let you come on to to introduce the the goal just before half time because that was just as just as great, right? Um, I mean, all three goals were fantastic, as James already said. But that, yeah, what... that goal was that was lovely. You know, Saka sort of starts it. You know, if he, if he loses the ball, wins it back, mm. and that one two lacquer and hits but... it so well, doesn't he? Just it just glides into the net. Gives um, Foster it... the eyes. Doesn't he? Good Big time. And eyes. have you have you seen the comparisons, by the way, going around on on social media of the uh, Saka's goal versus Messi's that he scored in the Champions League? It might have even been his first PSG goal. Actually, it is literally identical to a point. It's phenomenal. The like the like the likeness of it is just incredible. If it, James is nodding away, I think he's seen it. Did you see it, Steve? No, I I can't say I did, mate. Um, it, it's funny actually because I was having a conversation with a friend. Well, I say friend, he's a Man United friend of mine. So, are they really friends? I don't know. Um, oh, shit. an acquaintance. <laughs> and he's a, he, 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 he was trying to tell me that you know, Saka is overrated, and he's like, Oh, he's, he's the level of Norwich. And it's thing like you just see his stats and you just see what he's doing. You think, God, this guy is so special, like, he's unbelievable. Um, and he's only He's got, so, you know, he's he's just starting out, right? Just exactly. starting out. Um, and he, he yeah, you know, he, he was he was fantastic. I thought on, on Sunday. You know, if it was going through him, probably our best player, right? Everything comes through. He's so excited on the ball. Um, and yeah, that 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 finish was uh, was beautiful. Uh, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? When, when they were celebrating, like how how kind of uh, Arteta was pulling his hair out at Xhaka, and they and there looked to be like a team talk in the corner. Um, and uh, was it was it right? It was was it a few minutes before half time? I can't quite remember the, the exact. That's definitely on you too, because yeah, I, I've got no idea. It was approaching half time, yeah. And yeah. we, I noticed, you know, Arteta as well. Like you say, he really wasn't very happy. But for me, that second goal, it is a proper Arteta goal. And what I mean by that is, you know, Arteta really does seem to want us to win the ball back high and that's exactly what happens in this situation and you know what Saka has brought into his game now again you know similar to what I was saying about Erdegaard is that his finishing has just been so clinical recently and he's just striking the ball so cleanly you know previously you know maybe he was snatching at things a little bit but like you say it gives Foster the eyes and what a finish it was and you know and credit to Lacazette as well you know I've almost kind of made my peace with Lacazette at the moment and his lack of kind of goals because I think he just brings so much to this team, you know, with linking the play, you know, he is the facilitator, I would say, you know, he's bringing all of these young lads into play behind him and, you know, I can't imagine him not being there now, which if you think at the early part of this season where he wasn't really getting a game and, of course, Aubameyang was the first choice, you know, you can maybe see now why it didn't work out and why Lacquer is maybe more of a an Arteta-style player. And it does make me think, well, what will we see come the transfer window when we uh, look to get someone in to lead the line moving forwards? I think that facilitated point you make is, you, you know, it's, it's definitely spot on. And it's it just massively reminds me of not, not so much in, you know, this season iteration of Liverpool. But when you look at, you know, Firmino, um, for Liverpool, you know, he's not an out and out goal scorer, and the way he can, you know, bring in play for the two wide men. I mean, look, it, 
you know, you've made your piece. And I think that's such a great way to put it. I have as well. Um, you know what we know what we get with Lacazette and it's, it's all effort. Um, you know, he bleeds for the, for the, for the club at this stage and he loves getting stuck in, but you know, the way he can bring in, you know, Saka, Martinelli or Smithrow or whoever's around him, Odegaard, you know, it's, that's what he's ultimately there for. And that is his job. Um, so as frustrating as it is, we'd love to see him score a couple more. Of course we would. Um, <laughs> Steve laughs because it, he had a few chances, didn't he? Let's he be did. honest. He, there was the, the best chance he had was, was um, we should have scored really. We should have there. It was when Odegaard had the ball on the right, plays it back across, which I think really Odegaard probably should have shot or been a bit braver. And you had Martinelli was open on the left-hand side and um, Lacazette skied it mm. into the stands. Um, and it, yeah, I, I would agree with very few. I think he's, a, he's such an intrinsic part of the team. He's so important. Without him, it just doesn't work right. He, he He's like that machine that, that, that keeps the engine going. But uh yeah it's it's just it's just it's just the goals right he's just in front of goal i don't know what what's wrong with him (laughs) he just can't finish Uh, he just can't finish he just he just looks i don't know i mean you you can't knock him for it for his um for his attitude you know he stepped up obviously Bamiang was you know he's very close with Bamiang, uh very good friends and for him to sort of he's been very professional throughout the whole the whole process of Bamiang being stripped captaincy leaving the club and like i said it's come in he stepped up and he gives everything out there, you know. Um, I know he's frustrating, and I know that he's not the fastest of centre forwards, and he's not very clinical for the goal. But he, he gives everything for the club. And um, listen, the fans will sing his name all game. You know, scoring goals is what he does best. But maybe we should change the lyrics. Um, I think yeah, you might need to. Yeah, might need. To. You know, maybe like you know, assisting goals is what he does best. Um, you know, there, there is an argument to say. You know, keep him on, give him another year. But we'll, we will see. Getting on to getting on to the second half. Obviously, we've got the, the third goal. I thought I I like we, we should really touch upon the throw from Saka, which was, was handed uh, to him for, from uh, Nicolas Hare. Um, what, what did you make of that, James? Um, I've, you know, I know you've got your opinions on this, Steve. I think there's a clip going around on social media at the moment with a former referee you know, giving his opinion and his dislike of the fact that, you know, Arteta broke the rules and he went out of his technical area and the goal shouldn't have stood. But, you know, for me, that's an example of an Arteta, you know, team not only playing on the pitch, but him wanting to play off it as well. You know, he's he's in there, he's focused, he's wanting to help his team. And, you know, and it's a perfect example of that. You know, it's Arteta winning the ball back high. You know, that's that's what I see it as, you know. So I think, you know, if you look at maybe the rules of the game, you know, and I'm sure Kelvin will tell us with his uh, referee yeah. family well, again. I but, I'm, um, I'm, that's why I asked you first, because yeah. I thought we'll get the bring official it. line afterwards. Yeah. The official, is there no pun intended there or? Oh, you know, I was <laughs> wondered if you picked that up. He's prepared tonight, isn't he? He's well prepared. He always awake. He's got his silky lines in it with his silky voice. But no, you, um, you know, I mean, if that would have been disallowed, it would have been a, a travesty, wouldn't it? But, you know, with what's been going on with Arsenal and the officials this year, you know, you wouldn't have been surprised if it wouldn't have not been given, would you? You know, but, you know, let's let's celebrate the fact that it did. And, you know, what a, what a finish from Martinelli, who, you know, at that point, it's, again, I think I said it last week, he kind of, drifted through the game and you know a lot of what we were doing was going down 
the right hand side and he hadn't really been in the game. But I'll tell you what, if he wasn't going to be in the game, but then steps up and does that, if he did that once a game, then I think we'd all be very happy indeed. God, yeah. It was an unbelievable finish. He took it so well. Calvin, um, in case you don't know, listener, Calvin's dad was a referee. Um, so Calvin will give us the official, his official voice on the podcast when it comes to officiating discussions. Yeah, uh, I mean, look. To be honest, not... James is laughing. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna carry on, isn't it? But no, it's. I didn't think anything of it at the time, and I think you know if you want to talk about technical areas and all this sort of stuff, you go from ground to ground. They they are kind of different sizes in some stadiums. I've noticed as well. So and also it's just, well, what if a substitute was just running out to get warmed up and he just happened to be there at that time, picked the ball up and gave it to his teammate? Makes no difference to be honest. You're just looking at. You know, very minor things to, as always, from a media point of view, to to pick on the Arsenal. I don't really give a fuck, to be honest with you, at this point in time. Um, like you said, James, stuff has gone against this. Sometimes it goes for us, swings and roundabouts. And that's one thing if, you know, the old romantic of football, I don't really mind. Um, unfortunately, it does go against this more often than not, to be perfectly honest. But I think, you know, so what? He, you know, Arteta switched on, saw an opportunity and he took it. Why not? Um you know, you've seen managers pick up the balls all the time, probably in and around their their technical areas. They go out of these technical areas all the time and nothing ever gets said about it. Uh, it's only when, you know, Arsenal benefit from it. So what? If anything, that's just being switched on. And like we said earlier on, you know, he's animated on the sideline. He's involved. Uh, and if he wasn't, and if he was, you know, again, not to tarnish Arsenal Wenger because he was an absolute legend, but, you know, Wenger would have been sat on the bench. You know, that would not have happened. Um, His arms honest. Yeah, trying to do that zip-up still. Coach. He's still trying to do that zip-up somewhere, I can guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah, it, it was the whole, um, you know, not just Arteta being switched on, but I, I did like, you know, Cedric was really switched on to that situation as well. Um, you know, he really bombed on to to get involved in the move as well. And, you know, it was one-touch dream football, wasn't it? I mean, Odegaard's little little touch into Lacazette and, and the, you know, the touch off to, to Martinelli to thumb it home was... Yeah, it was great because obviously that was the first goal that I saw in, in real time. Um, it's just after we did, did birthday cake for Han and I, I couldn't hold it back. I gave it a big jump, big shout, scared the shit out of everybody. And you know what? I was just like, so what? You know, <laughs> that's what I love the football for. So, you know, we speak about, you know, cancel culture in football. That's straight over my head, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great move, great goal. Um, I don't have any officiating shock. No. Um I mean, I celebrated the goal. Um, I hope so. You were in the ground. I, uh, no, no. What I mean is like, you know, there's always that doubt, right? There was no doubt. I was like, that's a goal. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until uh, Monday, or it might have been Sunday night when I was on Twitter. And I think it was, it must have been Monday. And it was when Sky Sports released that clip. Actually, I think it was the referee, was, it was Dermot Gallagher. I, don't, I, I, I actually think, if, if, I, if I remember rightly, he doesn't say... Um, there was an issue with it. I think it's this guy presenter who says, well, then surely then it shouldn't be a goal. But then the other guys were like, nah, not having that. It's fine. Mm. Like, you know, it's, it, yeah. it, what does it matter? Um, so at 3 1 anyway, you sort of feel like jobs are good and right. But um, I don't know why. Like, I always had this nagging feeling in the back of my head that get a fourth and then I relax. And, you know, we, we, we made it difficult for ourselves. We conceded a, a late goal and, it was a bloody nervy end. It really was. Touching upon, you know, Arteta came out after the game and he wasn't particularly happy. And uh, I'm not going to get into the comments. You know, if you if you want to if you want to check out what he said, uh, you can go on YouTube. Um, I'm not here to do research for you. 
<laughs> I'm too lazy, in other words. I'm too lazy. <laughs> um, but he wasn't very happy with with how we were in the latest in the last stage of the game. Defensively, we've been pretty solid this season. Um, and we, we spoke after Wolves and we, we said defensively, we, we weren't great um, for periods of the game. And I think, you know, once again, um, we, we, we weren't great. And uh, I felt like it stemmed from a fullback positions. I don't think Tierney and Cedric had the best game. And I, and I don't think Ben White and Gabriel did either. I come to you first, Cowan. Can you pinpoint on anything or do you think it was a bad day at the office? You can have a bad day at the office, but, you know, you've already said it. You know, we didn't look as, you know, the, the centre-arse pairings in particular didn't look as solid as they can be or have done for this season against Wolves. You know, you, you said about going obviously four and up so we could relax. I kept thinking of Brentford, by the way. You know, just these nervy endings that we keep having. You know, again, Arsenal just love to put us through the ringer. But I just think it's just a bit of sloppiness in the, in our play from, from the from the defenders at the minutes. You know, just be a bit more switched on. I mean, if you even go back to the first goal that we conceded, I mean, when you have a look at it, you know, there's three players effectively over in that area of the pitch. I think it's Gabriel, uh, Martinelli, uh, Xhaka and Tierney. And it's blatantly obvious what the player is waiting to do there. And that's waiting for the overlap run to play him on. And all three of them literally watched it happen. Uh, and it's just that. It's just be a little bit more switched on. You know, we're coming in, you know, we're getting away with it at the minute, which is fine. So it's a much easier conversation to have. If you lose these games or drop vital points, then it, it becomes a lot harder. But mm. it, it it's surely going to be drilled into these lads. Look, be more switched on. Communicate a little bit better. Um, one thing it's not one thing that I have noticed, and I've, I've seen a few weird conversations online about uh, Ramsdale and just his overall erraticness. And you know, I've had a not an issue with this, but I've brought this up before, where I just feel like Ramsdale could also just calm himself down a little bit. He's had a fantastic season, um, but even when you look at the, the the goal that we conceded towards the end, there is a goalkeeper the way. And I've said this before, he way jumps out at defenders. He literally throws himself. Whereas if he does more of a, how do I you know say this? Not, not jump out and then you know, he's literally jumping off the floor, but slides out. The ball doesn't go underneath him. It's all well and good if you get dinked it over you. That's fair enough. But you've got an arm there to try and do something at least. But if you jump out, it's gonna. If it goes underneath you, you're not stopping it. It's as simple as that. And that's what happened. Um, and I thought Ben White could obviously probably just lumped it out for a corner. He had half a chance to do that, but. I do just think there's just an element of sloppiness. Um, maybe there's just, you know, they're young, right? They are all young players. Um, there's a lot of, lot of stress and responsibility on their shoulders even. They're fully aware of the, the run-in and the, the you know, the, each week's a cut final for us. We're all saying it, they know it. And, you know, the potential rewards that we might get at the end of it are huge. Um, not just for the club, but for these players' careers. You know, none of these, a lot of these players never played in the Champions League. Uh, and I'm sure they'd love to do that as well. So I'd just like to see a little bit more calm um, from them and just, you know, stay switched on for a full 90. You know, don't don't let other teams back in easily like we did, um, you know, in the, in the last stages of that game. And I think that once... Once they do that, and I say once they do that, they've done that for a lot this season. So it could just be a minor little blip. And look, if they're going to do it now and we've got away with it, great. Um, but let's just hope they can kind of you know, stamp that out of their game a little bit uh, and Arteta can drill it into them. Especially with um, Mane and Salah coming to town. Mm. Apparently, there's, apparently those guys um, are quite good in front of goal with the football. Mm. So I hear. Um, but no, I think you're <laughs> spot on. I think... I mean, I mean, to sort of paraphrase, kind of talked about the maturity 
and you know controlling the game um, through certain periods. And I think I think I was maybe a bit of ball watching um, at three one. You know, we, we were kind of peppering their goal a bit. There were there were more. I think Eddie Ketty hit the post and um, Pepe had a shot that went wide. And, you know, there was we were kind of cruising almost like an autopilot and it felt like we'd already won the game. And, um, you know, even that second, even the, the second goal, it just felt like it could have been avoided. Um, it, it just felt a bit it's, like, come on, we've, yeah. we've got it. We, we've got to do better there. You know, right, we're mate. talking of um, maturity, but obviously that, that move or, you know, we actually gave, you know, who gave the ball away at the start of that. And it was Granit Xhaka trying to ping, you know, a crossfield pass when he didn't need to. Um, mm. And it's, again, you know, we can point the fingers at the youth in our team, but Granit Xhaka is one of our more experienced players. Um, and, you know, he's, he's trying to ping one from one one yeah. wing to the other. So, yeah. James, anything to add? Yeah, well, I don't want to take anything away from Ramsdale. He's had a fantastic season and, you know, I don't think any of us expected him to be quite as good as what he has been. But um, I think... You know, Arsenal Twitter can be a, a dangerous place at times. But um, I think just expanding on, on what you were saying there, um, Kelvin, is that I, I read some people almost saying that, oh, is Ramsdale believing his own hype, i.e. with regards to the way he can play the ball? And, you know, I think there were certain situations in the game where maybe just the long ball or the rose Z would have been the better option rather than trying to pick the pass, you know, looking to play it safe isn't always the worst option at times. And, you know, yeah, we weren't fantastic defensively, you know, I think with both goals, I think, you know, we've, we've said that there are little things where you think, well, you know, for the first goal, for example, you know, you talk about before the cross comes in, but also when, the actual ball then does fall to fall to um, Hernandez. You know, it's you, you know we don't take anything away from the finish. It was a what a goal it was, but you know when you have the two of them there, White and Cedric, you, you, you know whose man was he? I, I wasn't convinced that either of them said, "Yeah, he's my man." When that ball was coming in, and you know with the second goal, I think you know I think Ben White was a little bit unlucky. You know, maybe yeah. he just overcommits a little bit, but you know I think. You know, if that situation happens again, you know, it, it takes a deflection, it goes out of play, you know, you know, and I think you've got to give credit to Suzuko as much as I wouldn't want to give him credit being an expert player. Expert don't get any credit. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but no, look, I think we got away with a few moments there. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Gabrielle's best game. Wasn't Ben White's best game. I think, you know, we are beginning to see why Cedric is not our first choice. And there were a number of misplaced passes and he was caught in possession at times. And for me, he just looks to cross the ball too often as well, you know, just, but hey-ho, I think we got away with one, I think. And, you know, but thankfully now the goals are coming up the other end. And if we can be clinical, then, you know, hey, we can afford to let a few in at the back as well. But um I always think back to that Newcastle game where we were 4-0 up and then managed to draw 4 all. So me and my uh, dad always have the joke that Arsenal needs to be at least five goals up for us to feel confident. It's true. Oh, Um, my God. It almost seems quite poetic, though, that, like, you know, for right right a year now, we've stressed about goals, but we've been defensively sound. And it's sort of like it's flipped around again. Um, But it is really refreshing, actually. And I think... You know, to see our midfielders and goals coming from the wings, it's yeah, it's it's something that we've been we've been after for a while. 
And um, there, there seems to be a lot more confidence in the team now. Quickly on what you were saying there about the past. And obviously we had a little conversation earlier on today um, and you said you said to bring this up. And it's obviously we've been doing the podcast for what, you know, a year and, year and a few months. And we were kind of joking at just when we started doing this, how utterly piss poor we were at that point. It was that terrible run just before Christmas. Um, and, you know, we, we were like, how, how, how much more enjoyable is it to be doing the podcast now? And, you know, talking about scoring goals and stressing about it. But, yeah, we South had to come Hampton, through. wasn't it? Our first ever podcast. It was the yeah. one all Francis yeah. Benali's moustache. Mm-hmm. And I think, didn't we lose to Everton soon after that? No, that was a bit later. I, I, I try not to look back at that period of my life and Arsenal. To be perfectly honest, if, if it was you are, If you are new to the podcast, don't go back and listen to those old podcasts. They're, they're about four hours long and... Um, the audio is the, the audio is piss poor yeah to say the yeah. least this is it could still be better but jesus it, christ it's i think it's like a, a testament to our um you know our, our, our support for the team right that we started in such a bleak time and mm. uh, yeah we bleak time in bleak it. times yeah. are we out the corner now are we are we out the corner <laughs> we're in that we were in that corner for a long time weren't we jesus christ um no we're still in it though we won't be out of that still corner until it. we get into top four still in the corner um so maybe to summarize i think yeah like um what what james said like i think it was it was a great result we got yeah. away with it in some aspects but i think we thoroughly deserved the, the win um and another day i think listen, we, we should have been clear uh, we, we could have had five or six quite easily. Um, and we move on to a massive game on Leicester that we'll preview in our post-match, in our pre-match point, not, not post-match point. Um, so one good, one bad, or as Calvin likes to call it, too, too good, four bad, depending, depending on your well, mood. To be honest with you, sometimes we were, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this the other day to, uh, to James and then I was like, I really struggle with this. And James was like, yeah, I've really noticed that you guys struggle with this, this aspect of the show. So with that in mind, I think we go straight to James. Oh, careful, <laughs> careful. I thought you were, thought you were going to throw it back to me. Absolutely <laughs> not. not. Not today, Steve, not today. Go on, James. Okay, my one goes... Um, obviously, you know, disappointingly, I wasn't at the game, but with the Sky Sports coverage over the weekend, it was uh, particularly nice to see uh, Roy Keane and Gary, Gary Neville so upset at Man United's current plight. You know, I grew up at a time where Arsenal and Man United were the rivals for the Premier mm. League title. And, you know, I always look for that fixture as well as a Spurs fixture whenever the fixtures do come out each season. And, you know, just to see their current plight and the way that they are uh, currently performing. And it really does make me quite happy. And, um, you know, seeing Michael Richards get even more happy about it and just trying his very best not to laugh at the situation as well makes it even more happy. So, um, no, that's certainly my one good for this week, having a look at the uh, misery of Man United's. That that that's, should be one that's great. That's not one great. one good. That's one great. Um, yeah, isn't it phenomenal? Really the, the the downfall that my friend, the same guy who uh, kind of uh, said that Sakharin was forever overrated, he was telling me last week that only Tierney would would break into their first eleven. <sighs> like we we need to get this lad on the podcast and just <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, he's living in some sort of delusional world. That's for sure. Next <laughs> of all, it it'll probably still turn around and go how. Um, 
Mustafi's better than Harry Maguire, though. Do you know what honestly, I mean? Honestly. Oh, honestly. God. I think actually... I'd have I think I'd have Mustafi over Harry Maguire at the moment. I would. Honest. I probably would as well, actually. To be they are the gift well. that keeps on giving. Um, you know, it's bad when you want your, your local rivals to beat you. So your mm. rivals don't win the league. That's strange, such a shit position, isn't it? Strange concept. Well, yeah. Who knows? I'm not going to get into the politics of it. Um, Calvin, what's, what's your one good for the week? So, yeah, my one good um, is kind of going back onto something we touched on earlier. Uh, and it's the clip that went kind of going, that Arsenal posted earlier on of Mikel Arteta's involvement of the goal. Uh, and it's just, there's something about it that just really made me chuckle. He looks so mischievous. We talk about him like he's fully aware of what he's doing, but it's his little jog and his little shuffle. He just looks like he's up to no good and he knows he's up to no good. And it's just, it's just something about if you put some, you know, clown music over it or something like that, it would just just make it even better. But I was just watching, I was like, this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So that's my one. how much he like flings his arm like in frustration at the players, like constantly throughout the whole game. He must get incredible. He must get really bad shoulder. He's going to get incredibly fit. Repetitive strain injury. It's a real yeah. thing. But he, I bet he just covers himself in deep heat. Going down a weird path now, aren't we? You're, yeah, you're going down. That's, that's per usual. That's per usual. Anyway, what's, moving on swiftly, what's your one good? My one good? Well, I've actually got two good, actually. I, I mocked you, but I've actually got two. So my, 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 Jesus my first, Christ. Well, one of them wasn't planned. My actual one good was that uh, I posted a video on uh, Instagram. Mm. My reel of uh, the Ben White song, and Ben Wright um, reposted it, which is quite nice. Yeah, you got that blue tick yet? You got that little that little tick? No, there, I am free away from four thousand though. You lit that overnight. Job done. Thousand thousand in a, in two days, which is nice. Um, and also, my other one good is uh, Steph came home from the gym and bought me a Five Guys milkshake. So thanks, Steph. That was lovely. What flavour? Yeah. Um, sort of caramel. So Salted good. Caramel. Honestly. Can't you can't you cannot beat a five guy shake? Have you ever had one of the five guy shakes with the addition of bacon? No, you know what? It's one of these things where I've seen it advertised and I've always been tempted, but I've never been able to bring myself to um add the addition of, of bacon. But um, I, I just can't see it being a nice thing, but surely it, it's, it's got to be, I guess. If they're shall, shall we try it the next time with the football? I'm just go and get one. Five guys bacon shakes in it together, safety and with numbers, it, mate. As long as we can have a kebab and chips with it, is well, I'm, I'm down I'm there, absolutely. <laughs> that is you and that bit. kebab, oh, you and that kebab, phenomenal. Have you, told, you next have, you t- have you told Hannah about this kebab? What's you think? Of course I have, yeah. I've spoke about for the next few days, just like the crispiness of the meat. Even Steve loved it. Finished it up like I, I finished it like you were half. Does you know, like when. They leave all the food and you oh, I'll take it off you, mate. Don't you worry. Yeah. Thanks for that, mate. You've been, you've been eyeing that up from the off. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's she going to leave? Oh, I fucking can't wait to take that off your plate. Yeah, Jesus. One bad then. Who, who we get? Steve, let's go one bad for you first. Go on. Well, Straight my one on bad was, was that, well, we've already mentioned it, actually. It was the ref watch. Um, mm. And I thought that can get in the bin. But it's a bit poor. Maybe, maybe Piers Morgan, just because he's an absolute pleb. So yeah, he's my one bad because he's just a dick. What about you, Calvin? Throw it back to you, mate. Tap it back. Why not? Um, I mean, other than Everton just being fucking shite uh, last night, that was pretty bad. 
My my one bad is I had an awful reminder of an anniversary that came up today. Um, it was a game that I was at, and it was the second leg against Barcelona, um, and it involved obviously that infamous Robin van Persie red card. So that's my one bad for this week, being reminded of that. Yeah, I knew that was today as well. From looking earlier on, on looking at the. Uh, 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 the the games, um, yeah, that was that was. We were both out that game, weren't we? Yep. That was that. That was terrible. Uh, moving moving swiftly on, James. Well, I don't want to bring the tone down too much. You know, obviously, we with this podcast, we want to be joyous and just you know maybe look at some of the things in life that aren't too important but are important to us. But um. With obviously what's going on in Ukraine at the moment, it was really, really disappointing to see that the Chelsea fans were choosing to chant Roman Abramovich's name during the minutes applause, which was meant to promote solidarity with those in Ukraine. And, you know, I don't think Chelsea fans at times do have the best reputation, but, you know, pick your moment, boys. You know, that wasn't the time to do it. And, you know, if that would have happened up, Arsenal, you know, something similar, something that disrespectful, you know, I would have been really quite embarrassed about my club and, you know, it really did leave a a sour taste in my mouth. And, um, you know, I remember being at the Liverpool away game earlier on this year and um, I remember the landlord saying that, you know, Chelsea fans were the only fans that they don't let into that away pub just because of trouble they've had in the past. And, you know, if that's the way the fans are going to behave, then, you know, I'm not surprised. So, um, obviously, our thoughts go out to all those in Ukraine with what's going on at the moment. And, you know, with a, a moment where the Premier League were trying to draw attention to it, you know, I think what the Chelsea fans decided to do in that moment really wasn't great at all. But, you know, fair play to the manager. He, he did come out afterwards and say that it wasn't acceptable. And, you know, I'm sure that we both... Oh, sorry, all three of us agree that it definitely wasn't acceptable. Nice. No, they're, they're, they're a classless bunch. You know, and the, the, the sad thing about it is it doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all um, because they are a bunch of melons, to put it nicely. Well, everyone's a melon this evening, Steve. Is it I just, you picked I just, up over the weekend? or No, no. I, I, I call them, a, they're, they're a bunch of fucking Tuesdays. How about... Yeah, Tuesdays. They're a bunch of Tuesdays. Tuesdays. You know what, why don't you... Why don't you introduce Melon of the Week rather than one of the bad? You know, I think <laughs> that might be a week. nice little touch. Yeah. Steve's Melon of the Week. Melon, he's Melon of the Week. Yeah. Watch his space. Yes. And um, you can't go Blue Allen on it, no? Just so you know. <laughs> um, do you reckon the listeners even know the reference? If you don't, well, can't help you there. Um, it's funny, actually, you mentioned uh, that Everton game uh, against Tottenham. You know, I was thinking earlier, like, how, how, how are you going to explain to, like, kind of future generations that this Arsenal team lost to, to Everton at Goodison Park? Oh, God. And I was at a game as well. Like, what a horrendous evening that was. Can't believe they can't believe they beat us. Was, was that probably the last time they won? They, no? they, they are in free fall, aren't they? Um, they're going down. They're going down. It'd be great to see, um, though. They, have they, Which, they like us have they never been relegated I couldn't tell you mate I don't think they maybe have. maybe but it does fall nicely onto our next segment because on this day 
Saturday, the 8th of March 2014, we actually beat Everton 4-1 in the FA Cup quarterfinal. But can you name the Arsenal 11? We played a 4-2-3-1. So easy for the goalkeeper. This is uh, Lucas Fabianski. James, goalkeeper. You know, I was at this game, so I do have some recollection of what was going on in it. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Fabianski was in goal as well. Okay. Both correct. Fullbacks, what are we saying? They've listed it awful on BBC. Really? I'll tell you how, after you've guessed, I'll tell you how they've listed it. It's quite funny. All right. I can imagine. Uh, James, I'd let you go first First pick. Okay. Well, at the time, I believe Mertesacker was still there. So I'd go with him being paired with, I want to say, Thomas Vermaelen. Okay. Technically, that's centre-backs, but, you know, we'll, we'll allow... Yeah, I didn't, want, I didn't want to say anything, Steve. I yeah. didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Apologies. Well, you want to go, apologies. You, do you want to go for the fullbacks? Is he? Or are they? Are those centre backs? Are they? Are they spot on? Is he? Is he hit the nail on the head there? Before we move on. Marlin. Yeah. Go on. Mertesacker for Marlin. You can have them. Okay. And I'm going to go for Sanya at right yeah. back, um, and Kieran Gibbs at left back. Yeah, we're doing well here. So I don't like it when you get them all right. It makes it boring. Yeah, for me. he just loves throwing us under the bus. Uh, yeah. Right now, it could be get could get a bit difficult. So, right. who right. are the two holding midfielders? One of them's got to be the gaffer, I would presume at that time, Mister Mikel yeah. Arteta. Yeah, he Lovely scored stuff. as well. He scored as well in this game. What oh, man! He scored a penalty. I was going to say he was on penalty duty for a long time, weren't he? He yeah. he was he weren't he weren't too bad at the old penalties. Decent. Um, I'm going to go for a bit of a, a, a sh- I'm going to shoot a shot, basically. You're going to shoot a shot, are you? What I'm shoot a shot. You shouldn't be shooting gonna, anything, mate. Oh, I'd be. Um, I'm going to go for the ox. The ox was in the team. Yes, but he wasn't holding mid. Potentially, I, I don't know from this. It's it, you'll 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 find out soon. But he wasn't. He was in the team. Okay. Okay. So for the sake of this, we'll say for the, for the argument's sake, we'll say Ox and um, Arteta as the holding team. So you've got a front. You've got a front four. You've got a, like a bank of three. Can I go for the striker? Yeah, go on. Because it was FA Cup. Yeah. And I, you know, this was a year that we obviously got through to the final, and I think it was Yaya Sonogo. Everyone's, fa- every, everyone's favorite postman. He's oh, won more than God. Harry Kane. That's fucking <laughs> mad, isn't it? It was Yaya, Yaya Sonogo. So who was oh, the three God. behind Sonogo? I'm going to well, struggle this, now. I'm definitely. There's two players that I'm definitely confident were in there. Um, Go on then, and that'd be. The magician that was Sani Cazorla. Yeah. Um, and this was, is this message? Oh, was it his first season? As it was in the team. Mm. So you just got one, one left. You just want one more midfielder. 
No. Was Rizitsky still there at that point? Uh, Rizitsky was on the bench. Go on, just, give just, us a clue. Just, uh, he won him a 20. Watch the list. Ooh. Let's see your faces Ooh. right now. Ooh. You both look absolutely clueless. Was Calvin he... looks clueless for sure. Was a Frenchman at number 20? By any chance? He was French. Ooh. He was French. Second, second stint Frenchman. Yes. Ooh. Yes, we're on the same wavelength here, I think. Was it Mr. Flamini? No, it was Giles Grimwondy. <laughs> no, it was yeah, correct. It was Matthew Flamini. Um, so just just to sort of give you an idea of how they list on BBC, um, they've got Fabianski in goal, Sanya right back, Gibbs and Arteta at centre back, Mertesacker left back, Vermalin, Oxley Chamberlain holding to the midfield, Flamini on the right wing, Sonogo in the number 10, Ozil on the left wing, and Kazula at front. <laughs> What's that? Arteta and Gibbs, that famous Arsenal centre-back pairing. The streets will never forget. And then Jenkinson, uh, Riziki, Giroud, uh, Podolski, Viviano, Miachi, and Gnabry. Uh, so Gnabry. Gnabry on the bench. Just he was in an Arsenal shirt this week, Yeah, just going to say that. Do you, do you read anything into that, Steve? Anybody? Oh, he's quality, isn't he? He is quality. Mm. Um... Oh yeah, he's he's a machine. I take him back. Imagine having yeah, him absolutely. on the wing. Um, I've got another one for you on this day. If you fancy a little cheeky one as well, I think we smart. Can we not leave it on a high for once? He's just waiting. Look at him. He's so hard. he just wants to throw us under the bus. Look, look at him. We know we know your game, man. We know uh, what's the other one? Go on. Challenge accepted. So on the eighth of March, two thousand three. We drew two all against Chelsea. I remember this game well, actually. It was on BBC. It was a Saturday, 5.30, I believe. Um, we beat them 3-1. Yeah, it was the FA Cup. We beat them 3-1 at the bridge. Remember, La- I think it was Laren who scored that fantastic golf match on the box. Um, you love to talk about how easy it is around this area, uh, Calvin. So if you can give me the 11 in under 20 seconds, that'd be great, mate. No need for that. James, you want to, I, I, we'll, go, we'll go for you first, shall we? <laughs> I'm, I'm not James. sure I can do 20 seconds, but I'll give it a go with some of the, the names. So what year did you say it was again, mate? 2003. So it was a season between the double and the Invincibles. Okay. It was, so, it was a season we beat Southampton in the final. All right. Wait. So I remember Dave Seaman was the captain in the final. So he was still there. So I'll go yep, Dave Seaman season. as the goalkeeper. Like sure. it. I'm going to go, and we've already given us one of them, I think, Laurent at right back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure as well that from that trophy lift as well, um, was Sol Campbell in a suit? So he he was maybe injured towards the end of the season, but did he play this he game? He did play. He did play. With, with crazy Martin Keown. Yep. So we've got David Seaman, Campbell, Keown, Lauren. We need another fullback. Um, give you a clue. He uh, has a, a very, very long last name. Expensive name set. Known to if you, yeah, if you, if you go <laughs> to the club shop, um, uh, we're paying, we're paying uh, per letter. Something really cheap. Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Yeah. I mean, he's listed as a midfielder, but I'm assuming he would have been. He used to play a left back. For yeah, Cole. he was left back for us, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Midfield okay. four. Um, Freddie Yumberg. 
Yep. Vieira. Mm. Yep. Parler for sure around this time either. Yeah, Parler. Just need one more. Uh, Brazilian. No, Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. And then up front. Henri. Yep. I'm going to... Oh, James, I think I've got an idea, but... Go on. I'm going to throw it because it's a cup game. Um, Sylvain Wilsord. Oh, close. He was on the bench. Oh. Is it another obscure one? Because I've got an idea it a, of... It is an obscure one. Because I meant, like, I was looking at shirts from that era the other day and um, someone had a rather interesting choice of name set on the back of it. And um, it it wasn't our fox in the box, number nine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not I've, not I've erased him from my memory to be honest Francis not Jeffers. Francis Jeffers yeah no <laughs> yeah, was it, was, it was. Francis Jeffers yeah. Francis hang on Jeffers. a minute did he not did he score in that game or am I uh, he did he did oh my god that uh, was a Chelsea, wasn't it Chelsea led after three minutes Terry uh, Jeffers scored 37 Omri scored 45 and Lampard scored in the 84th minute uh, and on the bench, we had Perez, Wiltord, Colo Torre. Um, Early Colo, that was. You didn't know what he was yeah. going to be doing or where he was going to be playing in that season. Pascal Seagon and uh, I can't even pronounce the other guy's name. Gualim <laughs> Warmuts. Uh, I've butchered that. Oh, Warmers. 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 What a letdown that bloke was, eh? Do you remember the excitement about signing him? And just, I, oh my. I can't even remember who he is. Jesus. Do you reckon there's anyone in the world who walks around with like his name on their shirt? Someone does. That was just pointed out. <laughs> I saw a um I saw a, a Rami Shaban shirt at a game wow. earlier on this season. So I do no. like an obscure name set. I really do. I think it's you know Yeah. It, what it, shirt it, were they wearing? The Rami Shaban one? The, was it the grey and yellow? Yeah, I think so. that yeah, yeah that so. sort of season. Yeah. I always yeah, remember him like, in the the black and dark and grey kind of similar pattern one as well. Man, that, that those shirts are super rare. Mm. That's just really speaking cool. of random name sets, I'll just throw a quick question out before we wrap it up. Um, what is the most obscure name you've ever put on the back of an Arsenal shirt? Oh, I've got a great one here then. All right. So, then. so as a kid, I was an outfield player, but then for a period of time, decided I wanted to be a goalkeeper so I would get the goalkeeper shirt as well as the mm. you know the home shirt or the away shirt etc and um I don't know why but I never really warmed to David Seaman in my uh, early life and um I was convinced that the greatest goalkeeper in our squads was not the great David Seaman it was actually Alex Manninger and um I remember going to the club shop with my dad's you know, to get these shirts the day that they came out. And I think for a good two or three years, I refused to have David Seaman on the back of it and would have Alex Manninger. And to this day, I can still remember that run he the had orange? in the team. Was it the I, orange one that you had it on? I remember having, it was a blue one that had the red stripes down oh, the sides oh. of, of it. And I remember having the champions nice. badges on it as well. So I reckon that was maybe 98, 99. Mm. I think there was a weird light blue one that had a black patch on the back of it as well that I might have had Maninga on at one point as well. But 
No, I remember my dad asking the person in the shop had anyone else had a Manenga shirt printed and the surprisingly they hadn't and the, the lady in the shop even remembered us the year afterwards she said oh you were the boy who wanted Maninga last year we hadn't sold many <laughs> of them since he was that, that run he had was phenomenal though to be fair have you still got those shirts oh, you know what I, I'd love to say I have but I was up in mum and dad's loft not so long back trying to find some and can't find any sign up of them but um oh. uh, what was wrong with, was it, what, what was wrong with David Seaman? Was it was it the hair? I don't know. Was, you know, I was, think, it, was it the mustache? I don't know. I just I remember just thinking that during that period where Alex Manninger had these amazing performances, you know, against Man United at Old Trafford and against Wimbledon in, in the FA Cup, I remember thinking he was an an amazing player and he was the future and he was going to be world class. And you know, unfortunately, it didn't ever really work out for him. And I think at one point he ended up at. Liverpool, Real Madrid, he's, he had a bit of a journeyman really? career, mm. yeah. You've got some weird ones, Calvin. You've got, mm. well, not weird name sets, you've got some weird numbers. He's got shirts with weird numbers. That's a bit odd. Shirts with just numbers on because I couldn't think of anybody worth putting on an Arsenal shirt for a period of time there. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a reasonable uh, excuse. But no, I think, it's no, it doesn't seem weird now, but at the time I was trying to be a bit out there. But going back to you know talking about that early iteration of Colo Torre, there was just something about him. Um, I remember watching him come or playing a game where unfortunately we did lose um, in that invincible season, the Champions League to Inter Milan three um, nil. I just remember watching Torre that night, just being absolutely I don't know, just chaotic. And just there's something about it I loved, so I just went and got him on the back of that shirt. Obviously, he turned out to be. Pretty good, <laughs> so it doesn't seem so strange now. But at the time, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really have any obscure ones to be honest with you. Not off the top of my head, anyway. No, I don't. I when I was um, my first ever shirt was on my Dreamcast. That was blank, and then I got had the the double the uh, the invincible shirt, and I had Stokes on it, which was a bit cringe. Um, eight, and then I had the following year I had Steve eight. So yeah, no, no, don't ever do that, listener. Never get your first name um, on shirts. I guess that's probably a good, good, good point to end the show, then, Steve, isn't it? Really, let's be perfectly honest with you. But look, as always, we would just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. It really helps us with the ratings and getting the show notified up the, up the rankings. If you'd like to follow any of us on the social media platforms, you can do so. Steve can be found on Twitter and Instagram at in the clock end myself. You'll find me on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And James, he can be found on Twitter at James underscore Dower. Uh, but please keep an eye on the social media feeds for the next podcast. But until then, Look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Bye-bye.